Hello YouTube. Welcome back to another story. This story is called My Clock is the 13th Hour and it comes with a free visitor. Now sit back, relax, and listen. I bought it the same day Meadow died. He was my first dog. It was a 100 pound mass of muscle, fur, and cuddles. A mountain breed full of southern and eastern Europe. He was a happy boy and I was devastated to see him go. The cancer that tore his body was unstoppable and by the end had turned my strong beer into frail husk. At the vet, we shared one last look before he closed his eyes forever. I hope he felt loved in that moment. He told me I could pick up his ashes the next day. I would rather have him back. I needed, I needed a distraction and to be anywhere but home. I drove without direction for nearly two hours when I stumped on an antique store. My bladder, my bladder protested and I figured looking at old things couldn't hurt. The shop was bright. My eyes only saw one thing. It was simple. A white face with uh, black Roman numerals and hands. Unremarkable, except for the Roman, Roman numeral elegantly blended in. This clock was for me. The cashier, an old Amish man with a black cap and beard to, the, to his belt seemed in a rush to get rid of it. I don't know how much I paid. I reached into my pocket and slapped down some bills on the counter. He seemed happy to, he seemed happy enough to stay quiet as I carried it out. I hung it on my wall that night. The weight of Meadow's death hit me again and I started I stared at his things in misery. His toys, his bed, his pictures. I drank that night and I passed out early. I startled awake to a bark, my mind still blurry. His bark, I thought ill, I thought I was dreaming, but a swift slap on my own face confirmed I was awake. The clock showed five o'clock. The barking continued. It came from my door, my front door. I stumbled, ran as quickly as my Mushy brain could send scrambled signals to my legs. I slammed face first into the door, barking rhythmically, continued on the other side, and I looked through the peephole. What I saw sobered me up instantly and completely. It was meadow, burned, ashy, eyeless. Fur gave me way to skin in places, which gave me bone which gave way to bone and others. One black gloved hand held his body up front. Another opened and closed his mouth in sync with the barks. To call it haphazard would be, an, would be a compliment. The figure appeared to be wearing a suit, but was obscured by the dark. My blood, fo my blood froze. I fell to the ground, my back against the door, curled up, and cried. The barking continued, 
When it finally stopped, I looked at the clock. 1 a.m. I looked through the people to see nothing. I opened the door and found a note on my doorstep. Delivery notice. We tried to deliver your order, but we must have missed you. Your satisfaction is our priority. We will make another delivery attempt during the following days, times, every day, 13 a.m. Now, this next story is alone. Let's get into it. Nothing worse than being alone. You feel useless, worthless, and thinks life's just pointless. Nothing brings you joy or happiness, and you are numb to emotion. People say that means you're a psychopath, but that could mean you're depressed. I thought I was depressed, but being in this jail cell now, I'm thinking otherwise. During my school life, I was always bullied. I had a speech impediment that made that made people make fun of me all the time. I always got under my skin, but never really driven me to the limit, if you know what I mean. I was walking home from school one day, and one of my bullies, his name is Rick, ran up and pushed me straight into a puddle of muddy water. I got up, drenched and in shame, just walked home. Never looked behind me, didn't say or mutter a word, just walked home. Dinner time and my parents are fighting again. My father used to hit my mom a lot. I tried to defend her once, but I was 15 and six six foot zero and he he was 39 and six foot four so he just punched me in the face i got a broken jaw and had to do surgery from that day i never intervened even if i really wanted to i ran up to my room almost in tears thinking about how i just wanted to end it all so i snuck into the bathroom at 2 a.m that night and injected a high dose of Tylenol in one of my veins. I felt drowsy and in pain, so then I lied down and thought I would be free. I couldn't have been more wrong. I woke up in a hospital with a breathing tube over my mouth and heart racing like a speed horse. Then I started to cry, realizing that I failed to do that one thing right and I was still alive. After one week, I bought home. I was brought home by my parents, who both looked like they were they cared about me for once, and I was given the best dinner I've ever eaten. It was the first time I actually felt wanted, but I knew it was only pity. After one month of good home life and no school, I eventually had to go back, and I was kind of glad to my parents because. They were beginning to heat up again, and I didn't have the time for that. So I got ready and healed, and I headed through the door, slowly walking into my personal hell school. As I walked through the gate, I saw Rick, and started to make fun of, and he started to make fun of me. Before he could get a word out, I punched him in the face four times and kicked him in another region. I felt good, having people fear you for once and giving you the respect you deserve. So I became the bully, beating up kids and making them feel like garbage. My parents eventually found out and gave me the worst beating of my life. 
I could barely walk. I went to my room and said that this was the last straw. I grabbed the revolver under my bed. I bought it from the gun dealer in our neighborhood. If you were wondering, and ran, ran to their room, killing both my parents in cold blood. No emotion, no regret, just pleasure and joy seeing my two biggest pains dead. I turned myself in and got tested by a doctor in jail, and he said that I have MAOA gene, so I'm a psychopath. Not depressed, as I once thought. Now, this next story is called they have no idea how lucky they are. Let's get into it. It was the first time I met my girlfriend's parents. I even bought a Boston cream pie that I made personally. It was a lavish Victorian style remodeled home three stories high. Of course I was nervous, myself working through law school and Norton Dame while working as a waiter for mere change to make a good impression. With their wealth and prestige in the community, I wasn't sure how they'd take my upbringing in a broken home riddled with addiction. When, Lil when Lily's father mentioned my family and asked what they do, I had to be honest. My dad died. My mother stays home. What does she do? Um, well, my mother's an addict. We don't speak anymore. There was an awkward pause and then... He said, you know, I admire your honesty. Most people would lie about that. Then he looked at my girlfriend and raised his eyebrows in a moment of acceptance. They liked me. Then I started. it started happening. The closet door in the corner next to the curio cabinet. I put down my head and balled my fist into all of anxiety and tension. Everything all right, Kevin? Her mother asked. Oh, yes, yes, I'm fine. Bit of a stomachache. We continued to chat, but the guttural pain was stabbing and sharp. Is something wrong, honey? Asked Lily in a tone of worry. My head down, I shot her a quick nervous glance and nodded my head affirmatively. Excuse me, but may I use the restroom? Her mother nodded, and then they shot one another with curious glances. I felt the phone vibrating. I saw them notice my quick, anxious pacing. I stopped at the bottom of the double staircase to breathe. Now, now, damn it. Please don't do this now. I ran up the stairs as fast as I could. I could only imagine what they were thinking. I barreled into the bathroom and shut the door. Locking it behind me, I reached into my pocket. I remember exactly where I left them. On my nightstand, I'm in trouble. I perceived the darkness slipping into my into the bathroom like a poisonous gas, realizing the severity of the moment. And depression consuming, overwhelming me. The mirror began to sweat from the heat of the water. I had to drown out any sound I can't let them hear. My cell phone innocently vibrating non-stop. I reluctantly answered. I knew the phone number, and I know what they will say after all. It is, they have saved my life 
time and time again. Yeah. Do it. They're the ones doing it. Shooter, are you here? Go and check the basement. That's where the body are. Not now, I replied. Like you said, this is a scouting. I need them to trust me. They don't even know where the cameras are. No, we got the okay. Do it today. This is your one chance to prove it to us that you're capable. You know if I just take it, none of this would just happen. Stop. You must remain lucid. You dope yourself up and you're no good to any of us. This is a major score. I slipped out of the bathroom and crept down the steps when I saw the men peering in the windows watching me. They had the house surrounded. If I don't listen, they'll be after me. You're back. Everything okay? Asked her father. Uh, yeah. I apologize. I'm fine. I reached behind me to assure myself it was there. As the plane chattering resumed, uh, sweat began to form on my forehead. I was ready to pounce in, in this whole parade. When I felt something touch my leg and heard a faint rattling. Lily had, Lily had secretively slipped her hand under the table with a prescription bottle, and I poured two pills into my hand. I momentarily paused, and when she caught my eye, she nodded, silently telling me, go ahead. When they weren't looking, I tossed them into my mouth and took a swig, slowly but surely. I slipped into normality. She had my luthum at this time. Suddenly, the voices went away. The demonic, yawning faces on the wall, grimacing at me, disappeared. And when I looked at my phone, I saw that the last call I made was to Lily when I was picking her up. Since it was cold, when the night was over, I went out and started the car to warm it up. If it wasn't for her, the night surely would have went different. Much more gruesome way. I'm so grateful to have a girlfriend who understands my condition. However, she doesn't know about my little friend. A 9mm, which I pulled from my belt behind me and slipped under the seat. For now on, I should probably hold on to my pills. Disaster averted for now. Alright guys, this is it for now. I hope you really like these stories, and I really enjoyed narrating them. Now, uh, certain parts of the 